Retailers like Walmart, Walgreens, and CVS Caremark are moving into the business of providing health care, but doctors are worried. With this movement toward retail health care well underway with hundreds opening nationally, what is the right model? And what should doctors be encouraging to ensure patient care is not compromised? Welcome to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. James King. He's the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. The American Academy of Family Physicians represents more than 90,000 physicians and medical students nationwide. And Dr. King is a family physician himself in Selmer, Tennessee, and he has also served three years as a director on the Academy's board of directors. He serves on the volunteer faculty of the University of Tennessee Center for Health Sciences in Memphis, and he is also on the medical staff of the McNary Regional Hospital in Selmer and serves as medical director of Chester County Healthcare Services. Dr. King, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. Glad to be here. So, Dr. King, if you could, tell us about this retail health clinic concept and what the Academy's stance is. The retail health clinic, I really think, is just a symptom of this sick health care system that we have. It's fragmented. People don't get the care they need. There's 47 million uninsured who need care. So what's happened is the business industry has found a niche that they can attempt to supply health care and make a profit. You know, we don't want to decrease access to care to anyone. We saw when the American Academy of Family and Physicians realized when this concept started that there wasn't going to be a stopping it. What we really think should happen is each patient, each individual, each citizen of this country should have a patient-centered medical home with a primary care physician working to help them navigate through the healthcare system to get the preventive services, the acute care, the chronic care, and the other medical services and care that they truly need. The only thing that the retail health clinics supply is some acute care for minor problems, which doesn't solve all of the healthcare industry problems, but what they do is they allow ready access that a patient can go to a Target, Walmart, and get care for a cold, maybe a sore throat, a very minor problem that doesn't need any kind of lab work, doesn't need any of those type services, usually provided by a nurse practitioner. So the family physician decided, well, let's make sure that we raise the quality to the level that it should be. So we developed what we call the desired attributes for a retail health clinic. Some of those things were just simply making sure that these nurse practitioners had a supervising physician in the community that they were working with, making sure that they had a network of providers that they could refer to if they found problems that were beyond what they were already taking care of, and made sure they had a limited scope of problems that they took care of, as I stated, simple minor respiratory problems or but at least not trying to manage diabetes or asthma or other medical problems and stayed within those guidelines. And if they did, then hopefully the quality would be fine and the patients would be taken care of. How are the Academy's guidelines on retail health clinics going over with the providers themselves? I know, for example, four of the nation's largest retail health companies have signed the Academy's agreement in support of these desired attributes. Could you tell us a little bit about how that's going in case there are physicians and patients listening and they, you know, if they do happen to go to one of these, they will know that there is some sort of, uh, I don't know if endorsement's the right word, but certainly there has been some check with a family doctor group. 
Well, yeah, endorsement is definitely not the word that we would use because we don't endorse, <laughs> we don't endorse retail health clinics. We endorse a patient-centered medical home, and every patient should be able to have one and get their care there. But realizing that not all of them do, you know, we have had some of the major retail health clinics, such as Minute Clinic, to sign on to these desired attributes and saying this is the kind of care that we want to provide as well, and which we're very pleased that they've made those decisions. The thing you have to realize, though, is if you go into one retail health clinic, you went into one retail health clinic, there are multiple different groups now starting to put in retail health clinics. So not all of them have signed on to our desired attributes. Some of them are trying to provide services beyond what they really should do. So I think from a patient standpoint, they need to make sure, has this particular chain of retail health clinics signed on to desired attributes? And you can ask them simple questions. Do they have a referral network? If I have a problem that's beyond what you need to take care of, who do you refer the patients to? Do you have physicians assigned that agree to work with you so you can make those type referrals? Do you have a supervising physician that works with the nurse practitioners to make sure that they are providing appropriate care and to answer those questions? Some groups have signed on, many have not, which are fine, and it's just making sure that we know. The Academy at our website, aafp.org, you can type in desired attributes or retail health clinics, and it can give those lists. And then also we have the list of those clinics that have signed on to those desired attributes for you. That's very interesting, and I'll repeat that uh, website, too, of physicians who get referrals from family doctors or patients are listening. That's aafp.org, and you can see right there the AAFP's agreement in support of desired attributes that people might be looking for. So tell me a little bit about the referral network, and perhaps if there's a physician out there who has a patient that goes to a retail health clinic, what is the lay of the land on these referral networks. I know Walmart recently had an announcement where they were hooking up with certain hospitals, but yet there again, Walmart has been in business already. So it seems like perhaps these retailers are feeling some pressure from the academy and some other groups about the fact that these retail clinics are not all linked up with doctors or hospitals. Is that the case? I think they're finding out a lot of things that they begin to open these clinics. One is that they do need to have referral networks to make sure that they provide the care they need. I know that in some areas they've signed up with emergency room physicians, which isn't the ideal situation. They need to sign up with primary care physicians in the community that they can refer to so they can develop that continuity of care and that continue ongoing care for these patients instead of just running back to the emergency room when the problem's a little more severe. We have across the board with our own members some feelings one way or the other for retail health clinics. We have physicians in our groups that feel like they ought to go away and they're very strongly against. But we have other family physicians say, you know, this is a place that my patient can go get care when my office is closed so that they're providing access. So they've signed on to either serve as supervising physicians for these clinics, but at least signed on and say, I want you to send information when you see one of my patients in off hours so that we can work together to take care of our patients and provide access. So we have physician groups. In fact, my own group has decided to compete with them. You've got to take in consideration what are they offering. They're simply offering increased access to care at an appropriate time. And I understand that. A 24-year-old lady who has two children, one kept her up all night long with a temperature of 102, when she calls the doctor's office at 8 a.m. and needs that child seen, shouldn't be able to accept, we can't see you until 3 o'clock and we're going to work you in and expect to sit in the office for three hours. Or can't even see you today, in fact. Where 
you know, we should be able to offer her that same type of service. So in our office, what we've done is develop what we call our fast track program. And it's just simply we established a room that we can see patients, and we're promising the same group of patients that have minor problems that we'll see you inside of 30 minutes. Now, what they give up is two things. They give up the opportunity of choosing exactly which physician, because what we do is two or three of us are working together, and we'll put that patient in that room. Then we walk out of our exam room seeing a routine patient. We'll go immediately in that room to be able to see the patient and get them out so they'll be taken care of. We know it's going to be a minor, fairly quick problem. The other thing they have to give up is the by-the-ways. We can't go in there to see someone for a sore throat and they say, by the way, would you mind drawing my cholesterol and running an EKG and doing all these other tests because we're wanting to provide that 30-minute window for everybody. So our practice decided to compete with the groups before they come into our small community. Our Walmart does not have a retail health clinic yet because it's hard for me to believe that my patients would rather go to a Walmart for their care instead of coming to my office. So if I can offer them the same convenience, then they'll choose to come to my office. By the way, I promise Walmart that I'm not going to sell screws and tires and apples either. <laughs> Dr. King, you just spoke and you brought up some very fascinating things that in your practice, you guys have decided to get competitive. And the interesting thing is uh, I cover the AMA meeting every year and you hear a lot of doctors getting very upset about these retail health clinics. And let's face it, it's going to be awfully difficult for the physicians out there to do battle with companies like Walmart and Walgreens that have huge market capitalizations. So you're bringing up this idea that you and your office have chosen to be competitive and do things with your hours and this fast-track 30-minute room that you've created. Other physicians I've noticed are expanding their office hours. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, a lot of offices do. In fact, we've done the same thing as well. We start seeing patients in our clinic at 7.30 in the morning, and we see patients until 7 p.m. Now, for family physicians, a lot of the medical students that may be listening, I'm not working all of those hours. They think that family doctors work 24-7. That's not the way we (laughs) operate. Some of our physicians, well, I am an early bird, so I'll come to the office after making hospital rounds, and I'll be one of those that will start at 7.30, but I'm out by 4, 4 4.30. We have another physician that comes in at 10.30 in the morning and starts, and he's the physician that stays to seven. He's my kind of guy. Yeah, we overlap some. So, But we're offering the hours so that mothers can bring children in before school to see if they're too sick to go to school. We have them bring them in after school so we can see our children after that. We have people that really can't afford to miss a day of work, so we'll try to see them early before they have to go into work or we see them after they get out of work for minor problems and even for their routine follow-up when we can. So I think the whole thing with a patient-centered medical home concept, which the Academy is bringing forward is that trying to be patient-centered. Try to place yourself on the other side of that counter or on the other side of the table and decide what would be great for you and then try to do it for your patients. And that's what we're doing. I really think the retail health clinics will go away. They will go away when physicians start providing the same access to care. Yeah, that's very interesting. Have you seen in any sort of states or any of markets, given your role as president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, where these clinics are going beyond uh, scope of practice regulations? I mean, what are they providing that really makes doctors nervous and, and should be a concern of patients? I know the pediatricians have had some thoughts on this as well. Well, I mean, there's two areas that concern us. One is when they start talking about offering physical exams. They may be completing paperwork or physical exams that someone may need for school or camp or maybe even employment. But we know that you have to develop a long-term relationship to manage your chronic conditions, both for preventive services as well as any kind of chronic medical condition they may have. 
the pediatricians as well as the family physicians are concerned about them offering immunizations because when they start giving immunizations to children, many parents may feel like that's all they need instead of the complete physical exam. Talk about developmental screening. Talk to them about other risk factors for children, whether they're wearing their seatbelt, they wear their helmet when they ride their bicycle, or they've been exposed to tobacco. You know, all of these type things need to occur. So when they start taking bits and pieces out of that thorough physical exam that we do, we're concerned that many patients or their parents may feel that this is adequate so they don't do those other things that are very necessary and very important. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Jim King, who's been our guest. He's the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, and we've been talking about the Retail Health Clinic Wave. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library, including our interview with Mr. King, on on-demand podcasts. And I would like to thank you today for listening.